Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All drama aside, there's a football game to be played this weekend as the Indianapolis Colts take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What's it going to take for the Colts to win their third game in a row? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore for the third night in a row here on the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel, and I'm joined here, as always, with my colleague, co-host, and partner here at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, it's been a uh, a very, after a slow bye week, no news, they've certainly thrown us right back into the gauntlet with, with news. Not only uh, uh, did we have a show on Monday with all the questions, then the Shaquille Leonard uh, news drops, uh, Jim Irsay has taken over Twitter today, and oh yeah, the Colts play the Bucks this weekend, so how you doing, brother? I'm doing really good, and like you said, um, you know, just just when you think you have just a little bit of room for a day or two without anything, here comes a freaking grenade, and then here comes another grenade from from mm-hmm. the owner himself. So, um, I, I I will say though, this episode, believe it or not, everyone is about the matchup with the Buccaneers. So, uh, we're going to be talking about that. I think it's a kind of an overlooked matchup. I know you got a five and five team versus a four and six team, but I mean, there's some explosive offensive weapons on both sides and some pretty stout defensive players, especially on those fronts. I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think so too, uh, because you know, the Colts are, are currently ninth in the AFC playoff picture and say what you will about the Buccaneers. Yeah, they may be four and six, but that NFC South is not a very good division and they still uh, could very easily win that division. So they have a lot to play for as well. The night before Thanksgiving, wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, especially the third host of this show, Stats Matt. What's up, gents? Got his turkey prepared for the smoker tomorrow. Now let's talk 
talk football. Stats Matt is on it as always. So, guys, uh, as more of you trickle in here, uh, we're, we're, we'll we'll say what I always say every single episode. And now with our third show in a row, if you haven't done so already, I, I don't I don't know what else to tell you. But please go ahead and go follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live because there may be weeks like this where we have episodes every single day with how crazy it is in Colts Nation but you want to make sure you never miss an episode you can always join us here live in the chat and if you can't catch us live for whatever reason no worries Apple Spotify Google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star view so we can reach other Colts fans just like you so Drake let's dive right into it here Buccaneers coming to Lucas Oil Stadium to take on the Indianapolis Colts here in week 12. Colts currently a two and a half point favorite over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like you said, the Bucs are coming off of a loss last weekend, uh, and the Colts have currently won two in a row uh, and, and are well-rested after their bye. So very interesting matchup. And, and I think, again, like I said at the beginning, all drama aside, I think this is a good opportunity for the Colts to, to continue their winning streak after the bye. I, I think I think with, with all things considered, that line is, is a really good line, and I think it's indicative of who should be favored going into this matchup absolutely and you know you're kind of looking at baker mayfield in tampa and i know that he's kind of been buried there in the nfc south where you kind of said you said it it's it might even be the worst division in football right now so um you're kind of looking at tampa right now and they like you said they have so much to play for and on any given sunday baker mayfield actually can play like a number one pick he's just not consistent that's the thing Mm -hmm. he's just a very wildly inconsistent gunslinger but when he hits i mean he plays he can play like a top five QB. So he's got some firepower. All right. He's got Rashad White. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin on any given Sunday. Those are two. Those two are still the best tandem in the NFL if everything, you know, hits correctly. So uh, I think it's a I think it's a big matchup for the Colts. I think the secondary is going to be pushed very, very far by those two. And uh, I think the Baker Mayfield, I mean, they're one of the worst running teams in the NFL. He's going to be out there slinging the ball all around. So maybe some opportunities for some turnovers. Definitely some explosive players on on all sides here, Uh, not only for the Colts on offense and defense, but the Buccaneers have plenty of explosive players on both sides of the ball as well. But let's start with the quarterback position for the Indianapolis Colts, Gardner Minshew. Uh, Obviously, Minshew not playing his best ball heading into uh, uh, the the, the bye week for the Colts. Definitely looked skittish, was not handling pressure well, uh, but he had a week off to recharge, kind of reset things. So it's going to be interesting to see which Gardner Minshew we get. Are we getting the the Minshew that can be that field general, stay calm in the pocket and get the ball out to his to his weapons? Or are we going to see the Gardner Minshew that we've seen in recent weeks, the one that that senses pressure before it's there, isn't very accurate, uh, seems to be prone to, to quite a few turnovers? What do you think, Drake? Which Gardner Minshew do you think we are going to see on Sunday? Uh, this it, it's really interesting because the matchup that he has in front of him is so weird because Tampa is one of the, I mean they're not one of the top teams but they're in the the I, I, they're in the upper half of the NFL as far as sacks they're actually sitting right now at 29 and they're tied with Minnesota but as far as like pass defense they're the 31st ranked team in pass yards allowed per game but they're like in the top 10 as far as points allowed per game. 
So it's a team that stops your ground attack. Bend, but, but don't break. It's bend, but like. don't break. But they just sit there and they get into the red zone and they just they say, all right, now get a touchdown. And you don't. And or the, either they first force a turnover or they force you to try a field goal. So the Colts have kicked a lot of field goals this year and, and they've struggled at times to get into the red zone or uh, to get into the end zone with Gardner Minshew. They were killing it with Anthony Richardson. But mm-hmm. it, it again, it just shows his limitations. But look, man, if the Colts, it's all going to come down to Vita Vea. He's really an eater of worlds. Like, I mean, he's a he's a real problem uh, in the interior very athletic defensive tackle. If they can keep that pass rush down, though, because look, man, Tampa's got some sacks on the season. I think Minshew has a golden opportunity here to have a pretty a pretty damn good game and, and then really open up Jonathan Taylor later on. So I think, yeah, I think this could be a new Minshew. But again, we've said this before against weaker opponents, and he hasn't gone out there and proven it, but this is the worst pass defense he is going to face all season, or at least the worst that he has faced up to this point. Shout out to Noah Compton joining us. Our good friend Noah is here. He said, we here. Let's go. Wyatt Law also in the chat. Good to see you, old friend, saying the bye came at the best possible time for Minshew to sit back, regroup, and reboot his game for the stretch run. A wise comment by Wyatt Law, as always. And, and I think that's what the hope is for, for Colts fans, you know? And I think that's that's also what these what these Colts coaches should be uh, should be communicating to Gardner Minshew. A lot of self-scouting was done uh by the by the Colts coaching staff over the bye. You know, they're they're looking into all this, and, and it really it's just about Gardner Minshew settling down, trusting the blocking in front of them because the Colts offensive line has been doing a pretty good job of keeping Gardner Minshew clean and giving him time to throw. Trust your trust your guys in front of you, trust the weapons that you out there, and just deliver them the football like like we all know and, and that 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 he can do. So yeah, this is a this is a, a, a maybe a get right game for for Gardner Minshew because uh, the Buccaneers don't have the the best pass defense out there, and then on top of that some of their top cornerbacks are 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 on the injury report i, I think i saw jamal dean uh it did not Ooh. practice there was a limited participant in practice today uh, uh and there's there's others out there you know i, I know Devonte uh, levante david uh, uh was was out of practice devin white was out of practice today so Oof. the two top linebackers for the tampa bay buccaneers not practicing and and likely won't be at full strength on sunday so i i think this is a really good opportunity for for Gardner Minshew to build up his confidence and for the Colts to have a good game through the air. But I like what you said there, Drake. It's it's really a lot about uh, uh, what we're going to see as far as the, the the pressure on Gardner Minshew because I think if he can get into a rhythm and and he doesn't have to worry about that pressure then I think you're 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 talking about a Gardner Minshew that can very easily lead this this Colts offense to to 20 plus points if not and he starts feeling those ghosts or feeling the pressure before it's there uh, it's it's not going to be pretty and and as stats Matt says uh from what I he saw uh that uh, Jamal Dean was going to be out for a couple weeks so yeah it doesn't look like Dean is going to even play on Sunday, which is good news for for the Colts and and this passing game. Yeah, and the thing is, they they still do have guys like Shaquille Barrett, and I do see a guy that we were talking about that we thought the Colts were going to draft, and that's is it Yaya Diaby? Yaya Diaby. Yeah, he, right now he is second on the freaking team, tied with Shaq Barrett. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. But like you said, if they can, especially if Ryan Kelly plays, I know he was a limited participant, but. 
man, if he plays and that's a fully that's a fully equipped offensive line, it's really about stopping Vita Vea because he's kind of like he's kind of like that point that just hits your offensive line and then it just weakens you throughout the game and other pass rushers get through. They can keep him contained. They could probably keep Minshew clean. And Minshew really likes to operate out of a clean pocket and he throws those those short darts and everything else. So maybe he could open up some big plays down the field. Like you said, Jamal, uh, Jamal Dean is actually not even playing. So, boy, that could really open up a lot, especially without the linebackers. If they don't play, they look pretty banged up right now. Shout out to Dylan Verano from Hawaii joining us this evening. Good to oh, see you, yeah. Dylan. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, but Drake, yeah, I, I, that kind of moves us to our next point about Vita Vea, because because not only is is Vita Vea uh, an absolute monster uh, uh, in the pass game, uh, rushing the passer, but that's what the Colts are going to have to deal with going up with this running game, and especially specifically Jonathan Taylor, who has really came back to form. He has taken over as the bell cow in the running back room again receiving the majority of the carries the last few weeks for the Indianapolis Colts and it's going to be Jonathan Taylor versus Vita Vey. obviously the Colts have to do a really good job up front with the guys like like you mentioned Ryan Kelly if if he comes back which he's working his way through the concussion protocol uh, uh, uh Quentin Nelson Will Fries those guys in the middle are going to be tasked with really taking care of Vita Vea so Joe with Jonathan Taylor versus Vita Vea who's your money on I, I really like Jonathan Taylor in this matchup. I know that they've got a stout run defense, but they are absolutely brutally bad against the pass. And, and typically when you are great against one area and terrible against the other, and you have a play caller that is very, very witty and, and very good at adjusting and, and taking advantage of your weaknesses like Shane Steichen, I just think he's going to figure out a way to take advantage of, of Todd Bowles' defense. I mean, he's he's going he's gonna to be able to find holes in that secondary um so i think that that's going to open up opportunities for jonathan taylor i think you might even see because he he averaged only about three yards of carry because new england knew everything that the colts were going to do uh in the last game but man i i'm going to make a bold prediction i'd say two touchdowns whether it's through the air or on the ground and over 100 yards like on the ground that'd be that'd be pretty that'd be pretty impressive going up against the sixth rank rush he'll defense. need a chunk run he'll yeah chunk run. the sixth best rush defense in the nfl but then again i mean it's not just vita vea that that has a part in that i mean the guys that i mentioned previously levante david and and devin white two of the best linebackers in the nfl you have to credit a lot of a lot of the the success of the Buccaneers run defense to those two guys as well. And, and if they're if they're not 100% or either one of those guys cannot go, then I think it's going to be advantage to the Indianapolis Colts getting Jonathan Taylor going in there at sprinkling in some Zach Moss in there as well because again you don't have to have it be all on Jonathan Taylor keep punching them with that two-headed monster that you have at running back you can start opening up things for Gardner Minshew Gardner Minshew doesn't have to feel like he has to put this team on his back uh, uh, he can rely on the running game rely on his pass catcher, catchers and again just trying to keep Gardner Minshew calm through all this and and I think I think that that while Vita Vea is is just uh, absurd he is really a specimen along that defensive line. It's going to be interesting to see how Shane Steichen schemes up this running game. Uh, you know, not not maybe not necessarily running it directly at Vita Vea or or maybe 
focusing some double teams on that area. I think Shane Steichen with a week to prepare for this, again, a lot of self-scouting, we're going to see some new wrinkles in this Colts offense, specifically in this running game. That's something that I've, I've always been so impressed by since Shane Steichen arrived here at Indy, just how, uh, uh, how detailed it is in the running game and, and how, how it's never, it's never as it seems. And, and he finds different ways to get to, to create space and create holes for this running game. I think Sunday is going to be no different. Yeah. And you know, uh, there, there's a, there's an offensive coordinator or play caller that I think has, has since kind of faded a bit, but Greg Roman and what he did with Lamar Jackson and, and just the variety of runs at one point in Baltimore was incredibly impressive. And I think Brett Coleman did a great video where he's like, they don't need to pass. They have such an intricate running scheme that they have explosive plays on the ground. And so it, it's a little different when you have Gardner Minshew as opposed to Lamar Jackson. Right. But Shane Steichen has been able to integrate Zach Moss. And I know last game was different, but we kind of explained why that was the case, why he only got one carry. He's been able to integrate both Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss into this scheme, into this running scheme. And, and the plays are just so varied that it's really hard to get a beat on what gap these guys are going through, where the offensive line is going to pull block on the outside or whether they're going to you know, go to the inside. I mean, he's got so many different ways to get Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss opportunities that it's incredibly impressive. And I just kind of like you said, I really think there's he's just going to have the advantage because they are so weak against the pass. I just think there's going to be enough plays from Minshew who can still get it done that it's going to open up ground like ground opportunities for both Taylor and Moss. And I think you're going to see more than a carry in this game from Zach Moss. I think you're going to see him integrated a little more. Now, now going back to to kind of we talked about that Minshew's going to have an opportunity against this pass defense. That also means that the pass catchers for the Indianapolis Colts are going to have an opportunity to to really excel. Uh, so, so keeping that in mind, which pass catcher for the Indianapolis Colts do you think is going to have the biggest impact, or, or be really the one to step up against this Tampa Bay defense? It can be a wide receiver or a tight end, but who do you think is going to step up and and really be that that go to guy? for Minshew on Sunday it's so I want to say Kylan Granson but that's dependent on if Devin White and Levante David play because they're just balanced linebackers those two can play those can do can do just about anything you need but I would say Michael Pittman I know that it sounds so cliche but I really think he is going to decimate that secondary i think even if early on they game plan for him there's going to be at least a couple other pass catchers that are going to make a play happen and it's going to open up michael pittman especially without jamel dean boy that really handicaps that secondary more than ever and we're talking about a 31st ranked defense against the pass with jamel dean most of the time so now remove him i just think it has michael pittman written all over it i think it i think him and taylor have an opportunity to really tee off in this matchup I like that. I like that. And I do feel like Pittman's going to get his own. Uh, I do think that I, that Michael Pittman will be someone that, that he he'll still get his, his seven to eight catches, probably get 70, 80 yards on the day. Uh, for me, it's Josh Downs. You know, I, I think this bye week was really something that Josh Downs needed, uh, to get healthy really, because I mean, he's been limited the past two games, uh, with that knee injury, he did not show up on the injury report for the Indianapolis Colts today. That means the knee was not an issue. He practiced in full. I, I think having a fully healthy Josh Downs is, is what Gardner Minshew needs. You know, not having the, – the offense has really struggled with, with Gardner Minshew the past two games against the Panthers and, and, and against the New England Patriots, where Josh Downs wasn't 
at, at full capacity. So being able to attack the middle of the field with Josh Downs, be able to get some explosive plays with Josh Downs there, uh, especially with with a Todd Bowles uh, run defense. This is something we haven't even mentioned yet, but think of how much Todd Bowles loves to send blitzes, you know, and and uh, especially against a quarterback who's already been blitzed the most, uh, the most amount of times in the NFL in Gardner Minshew. So in order to com- to combat that, what are you going to do? You're going to throw it to the quick win wide receiver that is Josh Downs, the guy that's able to win quickly at the line of scrimmage, be able to create separation, and so Minshew can just quickly dump it off to him and, and continue to pick up first rounds first downs continue to keep the drive moving so i think josh downs could be in line for a really big game on sunday with him back 100 percent and and especially if if todd Bowles is going to send uh, uh, an exorbitant amount of blitzes Minshew's way i think he's going to be looking for for number one to bail him out yeah and i also think that there's going to be a lot of attention put on michael pittman I really do think that they're going to initially try to shut him out and force Minshew to go elsewhere. Downs has really, uh, dare I say it, when it's when it's a slot matchup, man, he's shown that he can beat almost anybody, pretty much anybody already. So I think that he only had two catches last week. He was limited, still had one of the biggest catches of the game. But right there with you, I think that this is an opportunity for a lot of players to really bounce back. And I think that a fully healthy Josh Downs, you're looking at his normal of five catches or more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, uh, for her nightly super sticker here. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support. Always coming in with that super sticker, uh, unless she's sleeping, of course, because, hey, I, I with with what she has to deal with, with all those kindergartners, uh, definitely, definitely. And you, and, you. Me. and me. Listen, and I'm you. not I'm not easy to deal with either. Let's be <laughs> honest here. But uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate all of your support. Let's turn things around here. Drake, let's focus on the cold defense against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously Shaquille Leonard will not be out there this weekend uh, uh, but let's focus on on what the Colts the Colts that will be out there uh, in uniform and and it starts up front starts with pressuring Baker Mayfield I think the Colts have only played Baker Mayfield once in his career back when he was with the Browns I think the Colts uh, I, I don't think the Colts got the victory that day if I remember correctly stats Matt correct right. stats Matt correct me if I'm wrong but but it, that, I think I think the biggest thing that we have seen so far this year uh, with Baker Mayfield is it's pretty much the same thing with every quarter with all the other quarterbacks is when kept clean, Baker Mayfield can certainly pick you apart, especially with those massive weapons on the outside uh, uh, with, with Mike Evans and, and then Chris Godwin, but you start to muddy that pocket and Baker Mayfield is, is very likely to push and, and try to throw it into situations where, where he shouldn't. So in my opinion, that is going to be, I know we say it's, it's a key for a lot of these games is putting pressure on the quarterback, but I think that this game probably more than 
more so than ever, uh, if you put pressure on the quarterback, on Baker Mayfield, you're going to have plenty of opportunities uh, uh, to create some turnovers. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about Baker Mayfield is we, we kind of talked about it a little bit, and he's an indicative of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. Any given Sunday can be one of the best teams in the NFL. Also, any given Sunday, they can absolutely get get the crap kicked out of them, you know. And so Baker Mayfield is a high low type of quarterback. Um, he's boomer bust, and when he busts, I mean, he'll throw you two, three interceptions. Now this year, I think he has like fourteen touchdown passes to five picks, which might I think be one of fifteen to six somewhere around there. He he's actually playing, given their record and how absolutely dreadful they've been at running the ball he's really limited those turnovers. Now, I also think that he's got some great weapons. Don't underestimate the the combo of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. They can beat anybody, any given any, any given game. So I do think if you get, if you get pressure on him, that's going to be huge. Um, but the thing is, Tampa's got kind of an underrated offensive line. They've, they've only allowed, I think, 20 sacks on the season um, or, or something like that. I mean, Tristan Wirfs is playing great. Luke uh, Godeke, or I think Godecki's playing great. Aaron Stinney's playing pretty decent. I mean, they've they've got a halfway decent offensive line. So if for any reason the Colts can't get to Mayfield, um, you know, especially without Juju Brents, we could be looking at a, kind of a high-scoring game maybe, uh, given that both defenses kind of have a weaker secondary and they're banged up to a degree. So, uh, But I'm right there with you, man. If you get on Baker Mayfield, he ain't going to outrun you. You know, he's he's kind of he's kind of as mobile as Minshew, really. So I think to him and Minshew are very similar in many ways, outside of the fact that sometimes Min, uh, Mayfield will just – he's got a hell of an arm and he'll just throw it to the defense. I mean, he'll just throw it right to the defense. So, um, yeah, I think that pressuring Baker Mayfield is probably the absolute highest priority for the Colts defense and Gus Bradley to get this win. And I, I honestly don't think it's going to be just one guy because you, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do have some studs along that, along that offensive line, starting they with do. Tristan Wirfs, who is arguably uh, a top five offensive lineman in the entire NFL. I think he might be the highest graded left tackle, at least uh, according to pro football focus, but Hey, Bernard Ryman right behind him there. So hey, let's give, let's give birdie his props here, but hey, I think it's going to be by committee again. I, I mean, you might see DeForest Buckner get a, get a sack here. You might see uh quitty pay hopefully can get a sack. Maybe Dio Dangbo gets back into that category, but I just don't see necessarily one, one guy taking over this game. I think if you're going to get pressure, it's got to be by committee and it's got to be consistent. You can't just have a guy get a sack here. And then over the next quarter, Baker, Mayfield isn't touched you know what I mean because if he isn't that'll allow him to get into a rhythm it'll allow these veteran wide receivers going up against these young cornerbacks to be able to use their skills and and be able to get open and 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 for nice gains because the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do like to push it down the field especially when you have a deep threat like a Mike Evans who's likely going to go up against Jalen Jones or 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 Daryl Baker Jr. Juju Brents if he returns we'll talk about him in a bit uh, but but pressuring Baker Mayfield making him get the ball out of his hands either early so the so the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't go deep or or earlier than he wants to and it forces him into bad decisions I think that's really going to be key and maybe to take advantage of those uh of those bad decisions that linebacking court we know Zaire Franklin is going to be out there we know what we're going to get from Z but EJ Speed 
It's EJ Speed's time to shine. Now the the other starter alongside of Zaire Franklin uh, in this Colts defense, he'll be taking over that will spot that, that was vacated by Shaquille Leonard. EJ Speed, now a full-time starter. What are you expecting from this defense now that EJ Speed is going to be out there probably close to 100% of the time for the Colts? Um, I am so glad you asked because I am just going to read my uh, little blurb from my article. Currently, EJ Speed sits at 41 tackles, six tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and a sack. He's the be- he's the team's best run defender, and he's also the team's best overall graded defender uh, as far as linebackers are concerned per pro football focus. My point is, EJ Speed is ready to start full-time. I think that you will get one of the best duos of a linebacking core. I mean, I know that some have three guys, the Colts here are going to have two and Grant Stewart at times. Um, But man, I really expect a lot from EJ speed last season. He played great this season. He's playing even better and he's still a destroyer of run run games. So I think that him and Zaire Franklin are going to complement each other very well. And he's also proven that he can force fumbles and take the ball away. I think that's where you're going to see the biggest differences against the run. That's where you're going to see. And while EJ speed can certainly hold his own in pass coverage, EJ, EJ Speed is very, very, a very, very good run defender, you know, and and I think having the having that ability out there, uh, being able to use his pass rushing ability as well, uh, I think that's where we're really going to see an uptick in this Colts defense. So he's going to be good against the run, but hey, he 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 can probably take advantage of some of those opportunities uh, uh, if Baker Mayfield does get a little flustered and, and gets puts the ball up for grabs. So it's going to be interesting to see. I know there's going to be a lot of eyes on EJ Speed, particularly this weekend, obviously, because you are stepping into that position that Shaq Leonard had, all the drama and, and everything that's gone on with, with the, 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 the waving of Leonard this week because the Colts feel like EJ Speed is is, is ready to take over and and Shaquille Leonard was no longer uh, uh, going to be a part of the future of this team. EJ Speed is. So, I mean, the Colts re-signed EJ Speed in the offseason because they believed he this he, this is something that he was capable of doing. Well, now he's getting his shot. And, and I really hope that that EJ Speed can 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 play the best football that he's ever had he's ever played before. Now that he's getting this opportunity, because this guy, fifth round pick uh, out of out of Tarleton State, uh, a really small school, uh, uh, coming up through the ranks, started out as a special teamer, getting more and more playing time on defense. Now he is he's finally has his shot kind of taking the same route that Zaire Franklin did, you know, coming yes. from a lower, lower level draft pick, uh, uh, coming up through the ranks, started on special teams, was really good, now getting his shot as a starter on this defense. I think speed is ready for it, and I think we're going to see the Colts defense get better because of it. Yeah, and hey, this is EJ Speed's coming out party really right here. This mm-hmm. is where he's probably, like you said, he's probably going to get 100% of the snaps. And guess what? He gets to do that. And his special his specialty is stopping the run. Well, he gets the league's worst run attack, literally dead last with sixty or 76.9 rushing yards per game. So this is an opportunity for EJ Speed to truly feast on, on, on Rashad White in the backfield and maybe even put some pressure on Baker Mayfield with the blitz or two. Turn the Buccaneers into a one-dimensional team. I think the Colts have a really good chance of doing that on Sunday. But with turning them into a one-dimensional team, you're probably going to turn them into a pass-happy team if you focus on stopping the run. And 
because of that, you're again testing this young secondary, and testing it means it, the Colts could be without a without a Juju Brents for another week. He did not practice today; still dealing with that quad injury. Well, we'll kind of have to see how things develop. But so I'm going to ask you two questions here, Drake. First of all, do you think Juju Brents returns this week? And if he doesn't, how confident are you that this Colts secondary can hold down the fort, even if Brents isn't out there? You know, uh, I I would say that he's trending towards starting. That's my opinion. I know that he. I know he was a, was he a limited participant. He did he not practice at all today. Okay. I would still, you know what? I'm still going to go on the positive side. I would say that he's he's transitioning towards starting because there's been times where they haven't even had Quentin Nelson's practice. And then, oh, lo and behold, nope, fifth straight week where he starts and he practiced not at all. You know, he missed like multiple days. So not too concerned about that. Um, if he doesn't play, I'm not as confident, actually, because I know the Colts have played some, some real dogs this season. But even guys like, even a duo like Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, they're not meshed well yet. Not well enough to be like Godwin and Mike Evans. I understand it's not Tom Brady back there, but dude, I mean, Baker Mayfield's not playing bad at all. Okay. And he fits the way that they need him to throw the football. He's a gunslinger and that's where they operate best. And so I think it's going to, I think the biggest matchup though, I don't, I don't think we're going to talk about a matchup, but the biggest one to watch will be Kenny Moore versus Chris Godwin. Because if Chris Godwin gets locked up by Kenny Moore, Mike Evans is going to have issues getting open, but Man, God forbid, if he gets the best of Kenny Moore, you're going to start seeing some things open up for, for Baker Mayfield, and especially if you let him start uncorking some deep balls. So um, I think that it is, it's huge if Juju Brents returns or not. I think it, it could potentially decide a win or a loss for the Colts. See, for me, unfortunately, I don't think Brents is coming back this week. I think in order for Brents to come back, he would need that full week of practice. And I That's know, fair. I know there's, there's people, I know you, uh, there's people that haven't practiced and still played. You mentioned Quentin Nelson, but at the same time, I think Quentin Nelson is one of those players that has earned that trust you know the, the guy sure. that's been able to been there done that juju brent's still a rookie uh, i think he still needs to get a full week of practice in uh, maybe a little bit more even because of how much time he's been out i think this would end up being like the fourth game he's missed in a row maybe and, and five weeks total maybe even uh, the fifth game he's missed in a row but so i, I think he would still need uh, uh, at least a few practices to go out there and show hey i'm 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 good to go and I'm, I'm ready to start but i like where this i like where the secondary has been trending i mean giving daryl breaker jr that second chance and so far he's he's done a pretty good job again i don't think he's gone up against the talent of mike evans or chris godwin yet over these past few weeks but at the same time he's held his own you know, Jalen Jones, I think Jalen Jones is playing great football on the outside. And I think he's might be the pro the one you're primarily talking about that might be matched up with 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 Mike Evans over there, typically on the left side of the field. You talked about Kenny Moore. No, no, no uh, questions what Kenny Moore is going to bring to the table no concerns about Kenny Moore, even if he was matched up on, on Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, I think Kenny Moore is, is going to give him hell. What I want to see is more is better play, better 
deep play from the safeties. I know Julian Blackman has been playing well along the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm not really so much worried about him as I am Rodney Thomas II. Rodney Thomas II, I think, as that deep safety, needs to be ready to give help to that side that Mike Evans is on or or, or make just make sure you don't get beat deep. The Colts have really struggled in giving up explosive plays this season on the defensive side of the ball. Some of that has been on Rodney Thomas. Some of it hasn't. But as that deep safety, that is your main job to make sure that nothing gets behind you. So if they're going to want to test this Colts defense deep, specifically with Mike Evans, who's been a deep threat his entire career, Rodney Thomas II has to step up and make sure that Evans doesn't burn the Colts and and ends up with a huge touchdown uh, for the Buccaneers. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I think that that's going to be the big X factor for. I think that's the X factor for the the Buccaneers is Mike Evans because, like you said, he's a big play specialist. The weird thing is he's he's kind of like Michael Pittman Jr. in many ways. He really can be a volume guy, a route running guy, a, a power through a fifty fifty catch guy, a red zone guy. I mean, Mike Evans consistently just gets a thousand yards receiving every year. He, he pushes ten touchdown catches and pushes a hundred freaking catches or gets at least seventy five. The guy's unreal. So any given Sunday, again, he can be a top five wide receiver. I don't care if he's over thirty years old or at thirty. He can be a top five wide receiver, and he's played with too many quarterbacks and made it work for me to think otherwise. Wyatt will ask a good question. Do we get an Amir speed sighting? He's been the physical prototype Gus loves. Wyatt, if I'm Hmm. being honest, I don't think so. I think if Amir speed plays, it's going to be on special teams. But I think for what I think Jalen Jones, his spot is safe. I don't think there's really going to be any anything that anybody that that can displace Jalen Jones from that outside cornerback spot. And and with Daryl Baker Jr., he's been playing well over these past these last couple of games. So I don't think they're going to change that just for the sake of getting a mere speed out there i think speed i think maybe if baker jr struggles this week you could possibly see him and, and speed kind of uh, uh fight it out for for that spot possibly a week down the road but i, I don't think it's going to be speeds week i think it's going to be daryl baker jr as that outside corner yeah and the the thing is the Colt, like Jalen Jones is actually one of the better graded cover uh, like cover corners on the Colts and if you think about if you think about who they've got starting and I'm even going to go I'm going to go both sides of the ball here we talked about this in the last episode they have three seventh rounders right now <laughs> starting on defense Rodney Thomas at safety at free safety Jalen Jones who's playing actually really good football especially when you give consideration to the fact that he's a seventh freaking round pick and then will fries who's been resurgent at right guard so right now you've got guys that nobody's thinking about unless you cover the team or you're a fan of the team you probably have no idea who the hell those guys are but i'm telling you they are integral to, to the colts being able to handle guys like chris godwin and guys like mike evans so maybe jalen jones sees more of mike evans than what what we're thinking and i mean you talk about a test earlier in your career that's one of the best right there Sire Franklin, also a seventh-round pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. X-Factor time, Drake. Who is your X-Factor this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Who do you think has to perform well in order for the Colts to get the victory? I am going to assume that one of these guys starts. I'm going to put three guys on the spot here. Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Will Fries. All three (laughs) of them need to stop Vita Vea. He is literally the focal point of everything it's just like when they face the rams you have to track aaron donnell 
you have to track Vita Vea. Okay. I think he's number 50, so it's not hard. So um, at the end of the day, if you, it's pretty simple. If you allow him to really get, get into the ground game and you allow him to disrupt Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss uh, and that ground attack, you're starting to give this poor secondary a chance to maybe find its footing against the Colts. So I think that that's first and foremost, what you're going to have to do. I think that the X factor comes down to those three. And uh, if they can hold Vita Vea at bay, man, you might see some really explosive performances from the Colts biggest playmakers. You and Chaz are on the same wavelength there, Drake. Chaz says Nelson's got to block Vita Vea. So I am sure they'll be matched up a couple of times. But again, I think it's going to be a group effort uh, by this Colts offensive line. I think they're certainly up to the task. And I'm going to go the guy that, uh, for, with the guy that's running behind uh, those three up front. I'm going Jonathan Taylor. You know, I, I think this is time for for a Jonathan Taylor takeover game. You know, he's he's been with the he's been back with the Colts for a while now. We haven't seen him truly take over a game for the Colts yet. I think it has to happen. You know, let Gardner Minshew kind of get into the flow of the game. I know the Buccaneers have the sixth ranked uh, uh, defense against the run, but at the same time. The Colts are paying this guy now $14 million a year. He is the, the third highest paid running back in the NFL. You still got to take over games. Uh, no more of, of this where, where we're starting to get the, the three, three and a half yards per carry. I know defenses are focused in on trying to stop the, the Colts, the Colts running game and making Gardner Minshew beat them, but they they did that the same thing with, with Jonathan Taylor in in 2021 with with Carson Wentz as the quarterback. I think it's time. You know, Jonathan Taylor has to take over this game. The Colts have to dominate the time of possession, and you have to will this this Buccaneers defense into submission and be be real physical up front. So I think we're we're right there on the, on the same page there, Drake. It's got to be a physical up front. It's got to be the offensive line really dominating, and and Jonathan Taylor finding those holes and 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 be that bell cow that the Colts can lean on uh, to get a victory. So predictions, Colts, Buccaneers, 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. My guess is the roof will be closed for this one uh, on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, it's supposed to be a little chilly down in Indianapolis this weekend. But, but Drake, what do you think? Do the Colts drop the game at coming after the bye, or are they winners of three straight? First off, open the open the damn roof because you're talking about they're from they're from Tampa, man. Their winter's like 50 degrees anyway. It's fine. Uh, Midwesterners could handle that, but I uh, I will go ahead and just move on to what we were actually going to talk about. I think that it's going to come down to Juju Brents, and if he starts, and I just I just. When I did my predictions piece, uh, I'm surprised I didn't get enough flack about this. I I took Tampa actually, and. Uh, I think that if Brent's plays, I do think that the Colts have the edge. I think that they do get the win 30 to 27. But if likely he doesn't, I think it's 35 to 34. I'm going crazy here. Buccaneers. And the reason I say that is because I think that the Colts offensive line can handle Tampa's front enough to where Minshew's going to find time to throw. I think that Mayfield is going to find enough time to throw. And I think it's just going to be an absolute duke out. I think these guys are going to throw the ball a lot. I do think Taylor's going to find more, more success than Rashad White. But nobody – the Colts haven't – I think the best team they faced, maybe the best duo of pass catchers they faced outside of Ridley and Kirk would maybe be at the time Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers or something like that. This is the best duo they're going to face. 
All right, right here, right now, it's a former Super Bowl level duo. And yes, they're going to face Jamar Chase and they're going to face Joe Mixon, but that's minus Joe Burrow. That was the real game to watch for. But this one right here, this is the toughest. This is the toughest matchup for that secondary. And if the Colts can't get to Baker Mayfield, I just think this is, even though they're four and six, it's a bad matchup for Gus Bradley's defense. And I'll take Tampa in that case. I know it sucks, but I'm going realistic here. You're going with a very high scoring matchup there. Very. I'm I'm on the opposite side. I think the Colts get the victory. You know, I, I think that this this Colts team is 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 ready to go after the uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I think watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the past couple of weeks, their offense, they've got some big names, but I don't think it's nearly as as potent as as it has been in the past. So I'm gonna go Colts 24, Buccaneers 20. I think the Colts do cover, uh, but I Again, I think it's going to end up being a game where it's got to be Jonathan Taylor, you know, and and even if Juju Brents isn't out there, I, I still think that this Colts defense will will give Baker Mayfield some issues. Uh, and 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 la my last point, those guys in the locker room, they want to win this game for Shaquille Leonard. You know, they they want to go out there. They want to honor him, uh, say uh, uh, that he is the uh, that they go out there, win that for their brother. You know, so I think it's going to be a Colts victory this weekend in honor of Shaquille Leonard. You're going to see that defense really go out there and try to ball out. And here we go again. Here we go again. Another a record, another record tying super chat coming in from the goat himself, oh Anthony God. Doe, uh, coming in with another $100 super chat here on the eve of Thanksgiving. Uh, Anthony, I, I'm a I, brother, my brother in Christ. I can't believe this again. I, two, two times in the same week coming with these $100 super chats. Absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd, man. Uh, Anthony says, happy Thanksgiving, boys. Enjoy it with those you love. Thankful for your both. Go Colts. And then he also says, and that goes for everyone in chat as well. Go, go Colts, baby. Hope you all enjoy Thanksgiving. Well, Anthony, I hope you have a, a rocking Thanksgiving uh, with whoever you spend it with, family, friends. Uh, you're, you're a rock star brother an absolute rock star can't thank you enough for all of your support uh and and joining us here this evening everybody again i'm gonna give give him a shout out go follow anthony on uh, on twitter i'm gonna see if i can remember this uh uh i think it's celtic with two eyes yep. underscore of underscore 300 i think i got it right for you That's it. you got thank, it man <laughs> thank you so much buddy for the all new co-cfo with patrick Ryan. yeah i know he's, <laughs> he's he's quickly uh coming up there for patrick's job so anthony really do appreciate it brother you're, dog. Uh, thank you're, you. you're, you're you're an absolute legend you're you're one of the goats of the horseshoe huddle podcast really do appreciate it man and i hope you have a very happy thanksgiving as well let's move it along to the colts injury report drake uh, and, and honestly, a pretty clean injury report for the Colts today. So we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Juju Brents did not practice, uh, still dealing with that quad injury, as well as Drew Ogletree. Drew Ogletree did not practice, still dealing with that foot injury that he suffered uh, before the Colts went to Germany. I think it was against the, uh, the, the, the Carolina Panthers when that happened. So it would definitely be a big boost for the Colts to get that back. Grant Stewart also did not practice today, the new star. Starting Sam linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, but it was due to illness. So I don't think it's going to be 
82 series, I think we'll still see Stewart and, and that beautiful mane of his that Patrick always loves to talk about uh, out there on Sunday. But then here's some good news. You know, uh, Ryan Kelly limited today with the concussion. He had the red no contact jersey on, which means he's entering the final stages of the concussion protocol. Rodney Thomas with a little bit of a knee injury was limited as well. But again, no Juju Brents on there. Or, or, I'm sorry. No Josh Downs. Got my rookies mixed up. No Josh Downs on that injury report. Very good sign for this Colts offense. And it looks like Ryan Kelly, after sustaining that concussion against the Patriots in Germany, looks like Ryan Kelly could be on his way back as well. Two very crucial uh, players for this Colts offense on Sunday. Yeah, man, I, Ryan Kelly's return is huge. Because don't get me wrong, Wesley French, if you're talking about a backup center, He's serviceable at times, but he also is nowhere near uh, Ryan Kelly, who on any given Sunday, and in fact, I think through the first, was it five weeks of the NFL season, was the top-graded center in football. So, I mean, getting him back is crucial, especially to stopping Vita Vea. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. So likely with tomorrow being Thanksgiving, the Colts will probably just go through a a, a walkthrough and, and then likely we'll have a, a, a full practice on Friday. Wyatt Law with a, with a really good question again, saying Kelly with his fourth concussion, how many more? Uh, and and that's 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 definitely something you have to worry about. Uh, Ryan Kelly with his fourth concussion, just as a member of the Colts yeah. over the years. Uh, you hope he doesn't add add too many, but but hey, as as long as he is doesn't feel any adverse effects uh, as of right now, I, I don't I don't think Ryan Kelly is contemplating uh, retiring or hanging it up anytime soon. So hopefully he doesn't sustain any more though, and he continues to uh, have the the fantastic and the rebound season that he has. And Ryan Kelly's on his way to another Pro Bowl season as the center for the Indianapolis Colts. So, Drake, let's wrap up here with the latest Colts news and rumors before we send everybody uh, off to their Thanksgiving break. And unfortunately, we're talking about more drama. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, people, but it, since it involves the Colts, we do have to talk about it. All the drama with Jim Irsay that's happened on, on X uh, and, and social media today starts out with, with his interview uh, uh, with Andrea Kramer that aired on Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel on HBO last night. was really supposed to focus in on, on Jim Irsay's battle with addiction and how he's overcome that and, and, and everything that, that's been associated with it. But instead, the focus has been on, uh, on, on his comments about when he was arrested back in 2014, pled guilty to a misdemeanor of, of, of a DUI, uh, but he made some comments saying that he thought he was uh, uh, racially profiled against being, uh, a, a, against, uh, being a, a white, uh, rich billionaire. And that has kind of uh, that that comment has kind of taken a mind of its own. Some other sports talk uh, shows have have kind of taken exception with that. Bryant Gumble uh, to kind of took exception with that and made some comments that that weren't so weren't so nice about Jim say Stephen A. Smith and first take on ESPN did not make some uh, very nice comments about Jim say Jim say has decided to fire back at those and it's created a huge storm uh, on on X so Drake I know you were really busy today so I don't know if you've really been able to to kind of uh, uh, take all this in or if you saw what was going on but what are your what are your thoughts on this and 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 I don't even know, man. It's just, it's just, it's another instance where with Jim say and drama and everything else associated with it. You know, um, I, I think at the end of the day, it reminds me a lot of 
of when he fired Frank Reich and had his sausage con- press conference <laughs> and then hired Jeff Saturday. And it's like every, everyone immediately jumped to, well, he's violating the Rooney rule. How dare you? You're not, you're, you're not considering everybody. And no, it's an interim coach. You actually aren't violating the Rooney rule. You could pick a freaking squirrel if you wanted to. Um, so it, it's like, everyone's overshooting what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a talk about his addiction his struggle with the addiction and overcoming it. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. Yes. You, Stephen A. Smith, you know, you get, you got, you've got people. Um, what's uh what's the show with uh, um, Emmanuel Acho. Uh, oh, uh, first thing LaShawn or something. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy. Look, man, there are people in high places that are bottom dwellers as far as what they put out there for everyone to see. Okay. So at the end of the day, Colts fans, I think that Jim Mercer is at fault because he needs to learn at some, sometimes that the best thing to say is absolutely nothing sometimes. Okay. Sometimes you just shut your mouth and he knows that. Okay. But at the same time, it's, it's fanning the flames from the national media. So both people need to chill, chill out, but I think that Ursa is in control of it more. Um, so I think that he just needs to relax and maybe just take a step back. But at the end of the day, don't let it distract you, Colts fans, from a, a, a massive, crucial game on Sunday. The Colts need to win this game. And I know that there's been Shaq Leonard's news, and I know that there's been Jim Irsay doing Jim Irsay things again. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about Colts football. And trust me when I say that Shane Steichen and this football team, all that they give a damn about is Tampa Bay. So yeah. Let's focus on the game and, and let Jim Irsay, who is a billionaire owner for the Colts, just just do Jim Irsay things because you can't stop him. He owns the team. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a distraction for the team. I think the 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 team is completely dialed in. They could care oh, yeah. less. So, but yeah, I mean, I was I was not uh, I was not very impressed by the way that Bryant Gumbel talked about Jim Irsay last night uh, uh, about all this and and bring his holier than thou attitude to all this. I don't have a very high opinion on Bryant Gumbel at all. And you know, I mean, should Jim Irsay have said that comment? Probably not. You know, probably not. And he said he doesn't care what people think about him. But when you continue to attack the man personally, uh, and and for and talking about, for it seems like everybody else when they're talked about coming over uh, addiction, they're praised as a hero. But it seems like Jim Irsay has been made the butt of a joke uh, for a very long time. And you know, if, if people are entitled to their own opinion. they can certainly talk about Jim Irsay in in that way and, and talk down about him. But Jim Irsay is also entitled to his opinion. Jim Irsay is also entitled to to fire back if you're going to say slanderous things about him. I don't care who you are. It could be Drake and I. It could be Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith. It does not matter. When you put those comments out there publicly about Jim Irsay, you have you have you have put yourself into that uh, into that uh, battle. He can certainly return the fire. So, in my opinion, I, I think it's all all stupid all hearsay and and really <laughs> doesn't go. have an impact on on the game of football uh should jim or say get his stay off of, of x for a little bit probably should the other people probably not not take everything so out of context and overreact absolutely as well stats matt says it here Ursay was called a loser clown owner unworthy owner selfish never worked for anything in his life etc but All Stephen lies. A. Smith said if he was an nba owner they'd try canning his ass for it and yeah i don't i don't think and I don't think it's it's right. And as stats as Wyatt Law says, no other NFL owner started out by picking up jocks and socks like Ursay did. Very very well said. By not by a lot both, of people want to do the guys. digging though. 
Not exactly. a lot of people want to do the digging. So just remember, Colts fans, just remember you got a great owner, and it's all about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'd still try, I'd still put up the size of every of any other owner's heart uh, up against Jim Ursay's any day of the week. So let's let's move along to what's uh to the players of this Colts team and going through the news. Shaquille Leonard did clear waivers today. Uh, so that means no other team picked up his contract. He is now a free agent and free to sign with any team uh, of his choosing. The Colts are still on the hook for the six million that they owe him for the rest of the season uh but now he can go as we please we've heard philadelphia as a possible destination dallas there's there's some other other areas but i i think shaquille leonard will still will find a team here before the end of 2023 oh yeah absolutely and look at the end of the day i i we said this in the last episode i personally just want him to find a team that is going to be able to maximize his strengths they are going to be able to fit their scheme to him or vice versa. And he'll be able to get back to where he was because look, man, you want to see 53 succeed. He's still on the side of Lucas oil stadium. So he is, they, they did put up the thank you for the memories uh, on, on Shaquille Leonard's uh, uh, picture on the side of Lucas oil stadium. And, and yeah, I, I still wish him the best and hopefully he goes out there and kills it in his next opportunity. In order to fill Shaquille Leonard's spot on the active roster, the Colts elevated uh, former safety, now listed as a linebacker, Rodney Harrison Jr., uh, to the active roster from the practice squad. Started a lot of games with the Cleveland Browns. Now I, I, I think I picture him being in that in that dime linebacker role uh, for the Colts. Will certainly serve as a backup and a guy that will play on special teams. Uh, and then to fill Harrison's spot, the Colts signed safety Brandon Wilson to the practice squad today. So we talked about Harrison a little bit, Drake, when he was best signed uh, to the Colts in in the spring, and then ended up back on the practice squad. In my opinion, I don't really see Harrison making that big of an impact. I think again, he's just going to be a depth piece and special teamer uh but just to kind of fill that spot uh that Shaq Leonard leaves behind uh, uh with that linebacking group well and the really good news about about a guy like Harrison Jr is that he's got starting experience and and I think that maybe he's trying to find his best footing and maybe he feels like that's a linebacker mm-hmm. and Shaq Leonard was a lighter linebacker well Harrison Jr is a heavier safety so mm-hmm. I think that he fits exactly what the Colts are trying to do Right. And then let's end let's end the episode on a high note and talking about the the news here. The Colts nominated this is he, he and this guy has been nominated now for the third season in a row. DeForest Buckner is the Colts nominee for the 2023 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. So, uh, this person is recognized for exemplifying outstanding sportsmanship on the field including fair play, respect for the game and opponents and integrity on competition. And honestly, when you think of the Colts and you think of the the best person to, to for this award i mean deforest buckter comes to your mind 10 out of 10 times you know so it's no shock that the colts have uh, have nominated him for the third straight season as chris ballard said has once said if i could have 53 deforest buckners on my roster i'd take it in a heartbeat and and you know what i'd probably be right there with him yeah, and he's very deserving of this. He he plays he plays on the field like he's an absolute madman, but also brings everybody together as well as a as a massive leader for both the locker room and the community. So um not surprised. And also congratulations to DeForest Buckner going for the trifecta. 
Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully now with his his third time being nominated, DeForest Buckner can win that award. <laughs> I, I really don't think uh, anybody else in the NFL deserves it more than number ninety nine. So that's our show for today, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, for a third straight day. Hopefully, you aren't sick of us yet, but we Marathon. do so much enjoy talking Colts football with you uh, on a daily basis. Shout out to our two super chats of the evening, my beautiful wife Danielle for her nightly super sticker, and of course course uh one of the newest goats of the horseshoe huddle podcast uh anthony doe at celtic with two eyes underscore of underscore 300 follow go give that man a follow uh and and really shout out to everybody else that has joined us here over these last three nights even if you haven't given us a super chat we really do appreciate all of your support and you guys make it so much fun to come here and talk colts football with you every uh every chance we get and if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live uh, especially for these breaking news episodes so you never miss a single episode and if you can't catch us live or you can't watch us on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review because it helps us reach other colts fans just like you so drake as we headed to uh, our thanksgiving weekend here we both still got things out there on horseshoe huddle uh for the people to go read tell the people what they can go check out so the last two are a duo of colts linebackers are ready to step into Sha- uh, shaquille leonard's void i bet you can't guess who those guys are uh and then predicting the results of the final seven games of the colts 2023 season so go check that out and if you have some opinions let me know on twitter or on facebook i am eager to hear yeah, both of those went live on the site today. For me, I had a I had a piece go live on horseshoehuddle.com as well because day later the we finally got to speak with Shaquille Leonard's former teammates and and a lot of the leaders of the locker room definitely had some comments to say about Shaq and his departure and and how they've got to focus on Tampa Bay. There's really not time to to kind of dwell on what things are are happening. So uh, some really really uh, good thoughts from DeForest Buckner, Sire Franklin, Jonathan Taylor all gave their thoughts. So make sure you check out that piece and all the other fantastic work by our writer on horseshoehuddle.com go follow drake at d wallster drake you can follow me at andrew moore nfl and we want to wish you guys a very happy thanksgiving go spend it with your loved ones family friends whoever Uh, we really appreciate all your support and drake and i are extremely thankful to have every single one of you watching and joining us every monday and thursday night to talk colts football so we'll be back uh not sunday night we'll be back monday night in our regularly scheduled evening uh to break down the colts game against the tampa bay buccaneers who knows maybe it'll be a third straight victory monday that we're talking to you guys so everyone enjoy your thanksgiving and we'll be seeing you monday night